This episode is brought to you by FX's The Veil, starring Elizabeth Moss. FX's The Veil is an international spy thriller that follows two women as they play a deadly game of truth and lies on the road from Istanbul to Paris and London. One woman has a secret, and the other has a mission to reveal it before thousands of lives are lost. FX's The Veil, now streaming, only on Hulu. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. you how are you there didn't see you coming this way you had on your blue stalker cap it's me latanya starks talking about you which is a podcast on post show recaps season four part one of you is over but marissa garza and i are just getting started Please introduce yourself to the people, Marissa, because they've never heard you on a podcast before. Hi. Who are you? I'm Marissa. <laughs> that's about it. All right. That's it. That's all we got. <laughs> Except this. Uh, we got our own feed. Ooh, wow. I know. Cheers. Hi. Applause. All right. You can stop now. Okay. The feed is located at postshowrecaps.com forward slash you podcast. So if you think that post show recaps, it creates so many podcasts so and many. I just want to find you. I just want to talk about you with Marissa and Latanya. Well, then all you have to do is go to postshowrecaps.com forward slash you podcast and you Ooh. can come to our feed. Oh, we're happy to have you. You don't have to stalk us. We no. make it real easy. Please don't. <laughs> um, unless it's sexy. Thank you for tuning in <laughs> today for our feedback show, which yeah. is very exciting. We have so much stuff to talk about uh, that I'm actually kind of surprised. <laughs> yeah, we we did start like last week. We were like, I don't know. I don't know if we're going to have anything, uh, but we found some stuff. We found some stuff to talk about. Yeah. Um, I'm really excited about this, Marissa. How, how about you? I'm also excited. It's a good, you know, break in between the two parts. And the yes. more time we talk about Joe, the better. I always feel JJ. 
as we affectionately call him. I love JJ. Not really. <laughs> He's a murderer. He um, but Penn Badgley, gotta love him. Yeah, I mean, um, I, you saw the the Drew Barrymore uh, TikTok situation. I saw the Drew Barrymore TikTok situation. Uh, for those of you all who have not seen the TikTok yeah. situation, it was Drew Barrymore's birthday because apparently everyone's birthday is in February, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and uh, yeah, they put her in a cage, uh-huh. m- much like, like the cage. one that the cage with the books and everything, and she was so excited. And then Penn Badgley walks out and is like this is not what you should want what are you doing (laughs) you like brought her like cleaning supplies yes i heard that you enjoy cleaning here so he passes her the cleaning supplies through the little door that he passes people food so i mean like uh they were just giving us the content to talk about this yeah they really were between the two parts the internet really provided a lot of feedback for us so thank you once again internet for saving us you Thank always you, manage to do it. Thank Thanks, you, Al, Al Gore. <laughs> Sorry you didn't win that one election. <sighs> yeah. Anyway, instead of talking about political counterfactuals, how about we talk about feedback that we great. got from our audience? Sounds great. On the patron Discord, which I will be plugging to the extreme later. Um, mm-hmm. Pusher Recaps Patreon is where it's at. And you know who else is where it's at? Nick. Nick W. Nick W. Nick W is where it's at. Nick says, I thought it was fine. (laughs) I thought that was fine. I generally agree with a lot of your thoughts, though for me, I'm not sure the break is the issue as much as the story itself. A lot of the issues you raised about this really not being like you is how I felt about season three. And so this Mm -hmm. was just a continuation for me. It makes me wonder if the secret admirer stalker gimmick only has so much juice, and that's why the show is seemingly trying to pivot to other types of stories. However part two goes, I hope they land in a place where they can wrap up the show in final season five. Thanks, Nick. Yeah. What do you think of that, Marissa? I I think, uh, you know, it's fine. I agree with him on a lot of points. I also hope that we get to a place where we can wrap up the show in season five. Um, and I do wonder, what do you think? Do you think that the Secret Admirer Stalker gimmick only has so much juice? Are we getting too old? Are we outgrowing this as a viewership? I'm not sure. It's possible that that is what it is. I still think that breaking it up into two seasons, because I kind of like the idea of the hunter being the hunted. Mm. Um, and that is very much what we got in this first part of season four. Mm-hmm. But I, I want to see the rest of it to know how that exactly falls into place. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I, I've got some suspect eyes. I've been watching some theory videos. So I've got some suspect eyes looking at some of these characters. And uh, I'm especially thinking of Kate here. Mm. But we can talk about that later. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, because we have like a prediction yeah. on the podcast we coming do. up too. So save it for the pod. <laughs> yeah, I'll save, save it for, for that pod. Um, <laughs> yeah, just to mention real quick, uh, this is not the end of our coverage of you, not by a damn sight. Uh, <laughs> we have a predictions for uh, part two coming up that's going to include a death draft. Mm-hmm. And then part two of you season four starts March 9th, exactly one month from when it started 
with season one yeah it's a uh, side note it's really kind of weird that all of the days are the same in february and march because every time mm-hmm. i look at the calendar i think i'm looking at the right month but i'm looking at the wrong month and it's just causing a lot of of mayhem but yes march 9th yeah falls on the exact same day as february 9th of the week so uh we'll see you there on the netflix as we start part two and then we'll do our preview or our premiere pod yes of that and then do spoilers and then do feedback and then wrap it up so i'm yeah. gonna try really hard to just watch episode one of well, part four uh but it's not gonna work we just have to schedule the pod <laughs> right after like we, we, we have to be really good yeah, about we have scheduling. to schedule it on march 9th all yeah. right now that we've talked about our scheduling why don't we just get our calendars out right now no i'm just kidding um <laughs> Behind we... the scenes of the pod. <laughs> yeah just in case you wondered how the sausage gets made here at post show recaps <laughs> it doesn't we are a podcasting company all fair right point. fair point <laughs> we also got some feedback from the lovely amy yeah thank you amy i wanted to love this amy says because i do love agatha christie and those types of mysteries and for those with brit box i would like to recommend death in paradise for a night's light murder show yes that's good (laughs) it's a good show my parents are big fans they love it it's a good it's a good like uh yeah like a murder mystery one like a it's like a crime show in the caribbean Ooh, yeah it's beautiful yeah well is rihanna there not yet okay (laughs) well let me know when rihanna gets there and i'll tune in um amy continues but there was just something missing maybe like you mentioned in the half season podcast of the whole two parts thing uh, usually I start, I read that wrong. That's not Amy's fault. Usually I start Googling and reading everyone's theories and I didn't bother. Mm. I did love the theory about it just being him. And that's the only reason I would rewatch that to see mm. those interactions, hoping Wait. that the second half of the season is better. Yeah. With JJ being Reese and mm-hmm. all. Yeah. I mean, there's pretty good evidence for JJ being Reese. I guess the only thing that couldn't be explained away so easily is the text messages, but they can be explained away pretty easily and that they're just happening in Joe's mind and it's a disappearing text message app. Well, it does get me thinking about in season, whatever that was, three, um, when love is texting 40 Mm. the whole time. Like, yeah, you know, I, I don't know. Cause again, we haven't finished the entire season, but it, it was just like a, hmm interesting parallel yeah and i'm i mean i have hopes from seeing the uh the little commercial for the what do they call them trailers that's what they're called yeah i have i'm sick everyone in case you couldn't tell but i'm doing the best that i can um so yeah i saw the trailer for the second half of the season and it looked really promising but there i mean you gives good trailer so (laughs) Sometimes I'm, I'm concerned. <laughs> I'm concerned. Uh, I'm a little concerned about how this season is going to end up going, but um, I am interested to see how it all turns out in the end. So thank you for writing in, Amy. Yes. Um, Rotten Tomatoes mm-hmm. has opinions about this show. Yeah. Particularly this season. And it's wild and almost an Ant-Man and the Wasp quantum mania way, uh, but the opposite in that... The audience score for this is only 64%, but 
but the Rotten Tomatoes score is 92%. Yeah. Do you think that's because, like, the critics have seen the whole season? Yes, I do. Yeah. I really do. So, I, I th- again, I have high hopes for part yeah. two. I have high, high hopes for a living. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I also just kind of trust this team. Mm. They've gotten us through so much ridiculity in the past <laughs> that we've generally been excited and happy for, uh, you know, to have on our screens. So, yeah, this was a different way of doing it. And I, I don't think they necessarily achieved the goal that they were going for of making it so that this was the one and only thing that anyone had on their minds for the next month. But... I mean, for the two of us, it is. <laughs> so they got us. They got us. They they got us. Us, yeah. the upcoming series following you. <laughs> then we'll go to them. Coming we'll to you February thirtieth. Like... <laughs> yes. Um. All right. I would like like to move on now to a segment that we should always have on this show <laughs> called "What Penn's Been Saying." He's been talking. He's been, He's been talking a lot. He's been doing some press. Yeah. Um, Penn, as we know, is our lovely tennis ball, Penn Badgley. Yeah, he's like really named after a tennis ball. I did he's not know that until like this morning. Fantastic. I mean, go out and watch some of these videos, read some of these interviews, because Penn is really selling the hell out of the show, and he also looks great. <laughs> I typically am not a big fan of when I like baby faces on guys. Mm. I'm typically not a big fan of when they are like, I need to be a grown man. And then they like grow this beard and they grow their hair out. It's like a little Charlie Manson for me, but not with Penn. It's working. He's got like these curls going situation going on. Just check them out. He's got, uh, um, he's still got his like playful personality behind it. He all, really too. does. He's, he's adorbs. So Penn's been saying some things. First of all, uh, in regards to the fascination with serial killers, which is really just coming at me, Penn, and I don't need you to be this aggressive. <laughs> According to Complex, uh, it reads, You is one of the countless hit shows and films that focus on serial killers. Most recently, Badgley doubled down on his thoughts about society's infatuation with those people within pop culture during an interview with Entertainment Tonight. And he held up a mirror to viewers and Netflix for their recent productions like Conversations with a Killer, the Ted Bundy tapes, and Dahmer, Monster, the Jeffrey Mm -hmm. Dahmer story. Penn said, you need to look at that inside, he said, pointing at his heart, according to the publication. To be fair, with our show, you're meant to fall in love with Joe. That's on us. Ted Bundy, that's on you. Jeffrey Dahmer, that's on Netflix. <laughs> that is squarely <laughs> on the shoulders of Netflix. <laughs> I I mean, I appreciate his honesty in this situation. Um, there, I did not watch Dahmer mainly because there was a, a large community outcry to not watch it because yeah. of, um, you know, fascination with black men yes i didn't i did not see that criticism come out until i had already binged the entire show but completely agree with it and the fact that they claim that they contacted all of the families but then the families were like when yeah yeah it was a messy type of situation but i think it's interesting um and I think, you know, this comes up every time I do something in, like, true crime or in, follow, follow, like, why are we fascinated with these 
these things. Like, what is it for as a form of protection? Like, I want to learn mm-hmm. everything I can about serial killers. So I know how to like identify a serial killer in my yeah. life. Is it because I have, you know, you I want to protect myself from myself? Like, you know, what is our fa- you know these are rhetorical questions i am asking i mean i can give you answers because i've been obsessed with serial killers since i was old enough to know what one was which is actually at four so tell us like what is it what's the hook so for a long time i wanted to be a a forensic pathologist but then i was like "Mm." um and then i wanted to be a forensic psychiatrist Uh, because I like the idea of knowing what makes people tick. And for Mm. me, there's something so aberrant about serial killers that I just need to know what goes on in their mind. Like what a normal day is like for a serial killer is fascinating to me. And the reasonings behind how the methods that they use to kill Mm. the uh, means that they use to do so, Mm -hmm. um, how they often are scammers and able to be sociopaths in addition to being psychopaths that are able to control facets of their personality around certain people to manipulate them into thinking that they are different than what they actually are. You know, like Ted Bundy famously used a a crutch and like, or a fake cast to elicit sympathy from women Mm -hmm. as he walked around and then he would club them over the head and throw them in his car. Like I, the whole time he was studying the law like Mm -hmm. that's fascinating to me endlessly and i am the part of the problem i I completely and freely admit that like there was just a trailer today that dropped for a new series on hulu called the boston strangler Mm. starring kira knightley and carrie coon um so i'm excited already but um also happens in march um (laughs) Like, we want to be busier. But I was just like, oh, the Boston Strangler case is one of the oldest cases that I can remember being infatuated with. Like, what's going on? So, I don't know. And that and probably the weird thing that happened to me with horror movies where I started watching them in a very young age and started Mm. to root for the horror, like the killer, Mm. as opposed to the people that, that were trying to get away or the final girl, because I thought that they were more interesting, frankly. Well, I mean, like, I, I totally get it, too. Like, you know, there is something of, like, what can bring a person to do these things? And mm-hmm. why are they doing them? Like, what is the motivation behind it? I think it's just really interesting. Of course, capitalism plays into it because, like, right. you show the content, the co- people will watch the content, and it'll just keep going. But it's enough to have, like, all of this, you know content i just love the frankness of pen in the situation where he's like squarely on the shoulders of netflix yeah but like also like you know we're doing our job we made you fall in love with right ted bundy answered for yourself exactly but um there's no one else to blame here for i see and that's the thing i haven't fallen in love with any of these people i completely admit that they are monsters that did terrible things but at the same time i continue to consume content uh or or like almost cry finding out that Mindhunter is never going to get a season three you know hunter was pretty good (laughs) like it's it's that type of forensic accounting of sociopathy that i am interested in and the way people tick that just you don't get that 
from anyone else but a serial killer. I think what's interesting about you specifically is you get the serial killer content, but then you also have like this, for me, it's the commentary on society that really pulls me in. And I'm not saying that you can't get that with other serial killer stories, because I guess like every story is a commentary on society. However, um, I think you does a really good job in terms of putting Joe in these situations that make Mm -hmm. us kind of examine culture as a whole. I agree. Yeah. Uh, Especially toxic masculinity and dating Mm -hmm. culture, Mm -hmm. which are things I have no experience with. (laughs) Um, (laughs) All right. Back to what Penn said. Yeah. Um, You may have noticed that this is probably the least steamy season of you. And there's a reason. Yeah. Yeah. There's a reason for that. Uh, Regarding the lack of intimacy scenes, according to a Hollywood Reporter um, article, Penn says, it's really important to me. Fidelity in every relationship, and especially my marriage, is important to me. And it got to the point where I didn't want to do that. Then, of course, before I took the show, there's a question of, do I have a career if I don't? I mean, you know, think about every male lead you've loved. Are they kissing someone? And are they doing a lot more than that? It's really not my desire to. Yeah, I think this is like an interesting question just in terms of like what we commit ourselves to in work in mm-hmm. general, but also because of this, this perspective that he has, he went to the show creator and was like, Hey, exactly. And we like not do intimacy scenes anymore. And they right. were like excited about the They're challenge. Like, sure, yeah. Let's it. try like, to figure it out. And I think that there's a, like, um, I don't want to call it like a movement, but there is a growing number of actors in Hollywood that have clauses where they're not going to do nudity scenes mm-hmm. or things like that. And, you know, I think, you know, imagination is always more powerful than actually just seeing things. Yeah, that's very so true. So you can, you could still accomplish the same goal without being explicit in these situations. Right. I mean, did you feel like the show, was that like a missing ingredient for you this go around? No, not really, because I'm also one of those people who can get very uncomfortable when intimate scenes happen. Um, I'm just like, why am I watching this? <laughs> this like, is this a very is private very moment. Yeah. yeah. Um, some of the some of the most um, intriguing for me intimacy scenes that happened were the ones that were occurring in Joe's mind, mm-hmm. not even the ones that happened IRL. Mm-hmm. So I always thought that those were interesting, but if they can figure out, oh, if they, it seems like they have figured out a way to do this. And from what I've read and seen on videos, this was Penn Badgley's wish before, like when he first took the show. It's just, this is the first season where he felt empowered enough to say something about it. And I think that it like, you know, you couldn't, not you. I don't know. It's it's like hard Mm -hmm. to say in between seasons two and three. Like, hey, (laughs) you know, (laughs) like Joe and Love just got married, but can we not do this anymore? You know what I mean? Like, it was a it was a a switch in tone, a switch in Mm -hmm. in the character that allowed um for this to happen as well. So I, you know, he may have sensed that and took an advantage of the timing as well. But I think it's exciting. It's exciting to see, and I think it's an important conversation. Yeah, for sure, and. You know, the conversation continues to evolve. We now have intimacy coordinators, which is something Mm -hmm. that was only ever thought of being a career uh, before uh, one of the actresses in The Deuce 
finally spoke up to HBO and said, listen, you're going to need one on that show. Yeah. Like I'm having, I'm feeling uncomfortable. I'm doing all of these scenes with these men and I don't feel protected. I don't feel heard. And I just think having an intimacy coordinator would make it a lot better for both of us. Because then if we have a problem with something that happened, we can go to the, the IC. We yeah. don't have to go to the other actor and say, you know, you're doing this or, and make it, you know, weird <laughs> between well, the two people. It's already weird, right? Like you're yeah. already putting yourself in a very vulnerable position. You're at work. You've got all these people watching you. Yeah. There's like so much happening. And then you know that whatever you're producing is going to be seen by millions of people. Millions of people. So, you know, having that mediator of an IC and intimacy coordinator makes a lot of sense. And I think, you know, creates a lot of safety on yeah. set. So I'm glad to see that that's, that's becoming more like Bridgerton I know famously had you know like a lot of intimacy uh coaching and coordination because you also needed that on that show too Mm -hmm. um so I I think if we are going to go down that route as content creators as a whole Mm -hmm. like let's make sure it's safe for people to do it yeah because people really have abused their power in the past in lots of different ways Uh, for me the most stunning example that comes to mind that I still can't believe is a thing wasn't even during an intimate scene it was uh in basic instinct with Sharon Stone where the director did not tell her that he was going to be filming up her skirt during that like famous scene that everyone talks about but every time like I don't watch that movie anymore because it just feels like a violation to someone she didn't find out about it I don't think until she saw the movie premiere yeah yeah surrounded by people yeah (laughs) great times great times All right. Uh, Regarding Joe's story, according to Variety, though you hasn't yet been renewed, Badgley and the show's creative team are expecting that a presumed fifth season would wrap up Joe Goldberg's twisted story. We've always had a five season plan for the show, says Sarah Schechter, the chairwoman of Berlanti Productions and uh, an executive producer on you. So five season plan seems pretty much a go i think we're getting i don't know how much you know i think there is something to the how much stalker content can we watch especially Mm -hmm. if we're not getting any growth from the character not saying that we haven't seen any growth from joe right i just don't know how solidified that growth is and i don't know what he's doing with it and maybe we'll see that payoff in the second half of season four but i think we're getting to a point where he's we can conclude we can wrap this up Yes, I agree. I agree. All right. Uh, And then regarding um, season four, the source being pod crushed. Apparently this season was not written to be two parts. I thought this was really surprising. I was uh, listening to this. Well, listening, watching on YouTube to this podcast and it wasn't written to be in two parts. And we spent all this time in the last podcast going like, well, maybe they had to hold stuff back because it's going to be in two parts and all this stuff. But um, Penn goes on to talk about how like the mechanism of suspense really is different because it's a murder mystery and like you can look back at other parts or other uh seasons of you and those are more like in the horror genre so i wanted to talk to you about this because um like i think in a murder mystery suspense is definitely like a slow climb 
type mm-hmm. of situation mm-hmm. uh, and how does it differ you know I don't watch a lot of horror content I guess I, I watch a lot of covert horror content like yeah, I don't know if horror content, <laughs> is horror content. Um, but from your experience in terms of watching and being a fan of horror movies mm-hmm. would you agree with that assessment yeah just in that uh, the suspense is di- the way that suspense is doled out is different yeah yeah, I think that that's the case. I think it also depends on the movie because there's a lot of new horror movies that are like suspense films in mm-hmm. in the way that they, it's very taut and they draw everything out until there's a big twist at the end. Um, I think the slasher um, part of horror has kind of always done this too because the big uh, point is the reveal of the killer. Mm. And so... Uh, uh, you know, this is very similar to what they're doing with these two se- these two parts of season four of you. Um, yeah, I mean, it is very, there are a lot of things that I think this show borrows from the horror genre. It's just, these are horrifying. These are terrifying situations for people to be in, Yeah, for one. Um, but yeah, knowing that you have a couple killers on the board um, mm-hmm. in any given season is very interesting. Um, yeah, Penn also said, uh, that he was worried about if part one would make sense without part two, which is, I think, fair, yeah. considering everything that we've said about this show. And it's like, at <laughs> least we're, we're on, we're yeah. on target here. Like, exactly. sees it, we see it. Okay. Yeah. Part two is supposed to be juicier than part one, mm-hmm. uh, which again, checks out that's typically how a season buildup goes although there are um for you there are like kind of releases of tension that happen in different places i'm thinking about season one in terms of what's what's going to happen with bex x Mm. and then we find out very Mm. early on like in episode two and then what's going to happen with peach right Mm. Mm -hmm. like that gets done very early but the ultimate buildup of what the story ends up being in terms of Beck, in terms of what happens with Paco, etc., doesn't happen until the very end. So yeah, yeah I, I think that it's interesting that this wasn't written to be in two parts. Um, and I agree with Penn Badgley's assessment that this is a mystery. And I, I don't know, I wouldn't say that it's not a horror rom-com. I, I think it's a mystery horror. You think so? I do. What makes because there's feel? a boogeyman. I mean, there's a there, oh. like Joe's the boogeyman, right? And well, in, in this, this case, season though, in particular, is he the boogeyman or is Reese the boogeyman? Well, that's that's so. And if we're thinking of earlier seasons, we can't Joe's. even just say that it's Joe because love pops up out of nowhere, right? 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 And and kills more people than Joe does in that season too. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I don't know. I think that I think that this is a little bit of a slasher vibe going on i do even like the choice of weapon is always an edge weapon just about that's true yeah there's lots of slicing and yeah unfortunately so much uh yet not a meal to be found (laughs) 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 too much watching Dahmer. uh okay uh it'll make more sense when you see the whole thing apparently that's what he said on board he says that the Ellie Paco character keeps getting older. I thought this was interesting because do you think that this character, like this counterpart to Joe is reflective of like where he is in his growth? Yeah, so, I like, do. Paco is a young kid. Ellie's a teenager. And then right. I think it's Nadia here is like a, yeah. in college. So and who, we didn't really have one in season three. 
No, it was kind of still Ellie. Yeah, it was still yeah kind of Ellie. So, you know, I, I didn't make that connection until they said this. I was like, oh, maybe we're supposed to be learning something about or like it's supposed about to be how Joe's progressing. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I have some theories about Nadia that I'll save. Ooh, um, the but, pod. Oh, yeah, for the predictions pod. But um, let's just say I don't necessarily know if that's our, it, it may look like Nadia is our Ellie yeah. or Paco character, Ooh. but I don't know necessarily if that's what she ends up being in the end. Interesting, interesting. Mm-hmm. Only rich people sleep. <laughs> that's <laughs> so, true. Um, Penn goes on to say that Joe is repressing himself through all of part one. And we'll see some more of the old Joe come out in part two. And there will be more in the hat for <laughs> part two. More baseball hat. So <laughs> More of the hat. More of the hat. Yeah. Love it. It was really interesting. You can find it on YouTube. A really interesting little like 20 minute segment where he talks about the show. It's just like. It was so interesting. It's like, hey, how was work? Well, let me tell you about my day at (laughs) you and like all this stuff. Um, But they will plan to also do another one when both parts are out. So I'm interested to see if these, um, you know, hold up or like if they were putting us on a different track or something like that. Uh, It was just a really interesting conversation. Speaking of podcasts, I need to listen to because Penn Badgley has a podcast that apparently. Oh, is this the one with Victoria Pedretti? well uh she was a guest on it okay that's okay i didn't know the name of his podcast yes there we go uh i do need to watch this because i i love victoria pedretti i'm so happy according to the trailer that love is going to make a return in some way shape or form because i just really like that character and how off kilter she was and what a chaotic force yeah that joe had to try to control yeah, I just found. I mean, they were perfect for each other in the most twisted way possible. So, yeah, looking forward to more Victoria Pedretti. She just got cast in an Ava DuVernay film. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah. She's moving on up, doing things. Yeah. All right, we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to do a literary walkthrough of season four, part one. Time to get nerdy. Yep. Pastime. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. 
That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay. We are back. Oh, well, say it again. Okay. We are back. Now, I'm excited about this part because I love a good literary walkthrough. I just love interpreting literature, uh, comparing literature. It was one of my favorite things to do in school. So the sources here are uh, Elite Daily and The Insider. But we're going to take a little trip down through uh, all of the literature, American literature mainly, that, and then some like British mystery stuff as well that Joe has been teaching to his uh, his students because he's somehow a professor at he's Oxford. Prof- I mean, if if he could do it, I could do it, I guess. I'm doing it right now. <laughs> <laughs> if he could do it. Like, I honestly, this show made me think about going to get a PhD, but that's a different podcast. Oh, boy. <laughs> um, okay. So Joe opens class by reviewing Hell is the Absence of God by Ted Chang. It, mm-hmm. With a primary focus on the character of Neil Fisk, who witnesses his wife's soul ascend to heaven and thereafter tries to turn his amoral life around so that he can join her there. Yeah, I think it's a really strong opening statement <laughs> for yeah. the show of like, hey, so this character's wife died. I mean, I don't know. I did not read Hell is the Absence of God. I do not know if this character, Neil, killed his wife like Joe killed love. Mm-hmm. Um but it it does start with the big question of redemption and what he, you know, can someone be redeemed in the situation? And I think it's kind of the state in which Joe is in and asking himself about, you know, can he be worthy of Marianne? Is there still yeah. life with Marianne after this? Um, so it was, uh, as with everything that we're going to talk about, a very intentional choice to, yes. to cite uh, this work by, by touching. Just a really great title as well. Yeah. Hell is the absence of God. Like, I, listen, I don't know if love is going to heaven. <laughs> but uh, maybe Marianne is still alive. Uh, and that's what, it's like you said, uh, maybe Joe wants to join her or wants to be a good enough man to be able to join her if mm. she were to have him. Which she n- would not. In like a million years, have that murderer be around her daughter. Um, But it's just interesting to see the ways in which Joe really does try to change himself um, and start over. I mean, we've seen him in another parallel to Reese. We've seen Joe start over three times as well, essentially. Um, So, yeah, that's really interesting and telling for the first thing um, that you review in your class. Mm-hmm. Tell me that you're a murderer without telling us you're a murderer, JJ. <laughs> All right. Next, we have a classic, The Telltale Heart by Edgar Allan Poe. Edgar Allan, American poet. <laughs> Sorry. I just went right into Snoopy there. Um, I know a lot of Edgar Allan Poe facts because of that song in Snoopy, um, where I played the titular role. Um, so, <laughs> Did you know that Edgar Allan Poe... Oh, I might have told this on the Wednesday podcast, but he was born on January 19th, like me. Same birthday. Ooh, birthday what? twins. Yeah, with yep. a complete weirdo. Yeah, with the, yep. <laughs> totally makes sense. Yep. 
Yep, yep, yep. It doesn't. Me, Edgar Allan Poe, Dolly Parton, Ooh. and Pete Buttigieg. Okay? Sure. We're going. What? <laughs> all walk into a bar. What was it? Yeah. Wow. I, I, so what I always was all like, oh, I, I felt like connected to him in some weird yeah. way. Um, I get it. But yeah, Telltale Heart, I remember being reading it and being like one of the first scary like stories that yeah, I yeah for sure as lisa simpson would say it's the beating of the hideous heart <laughs> yes yes uh it's so if you don't know um if you've never heard of edgar Allan poe i don't know what to say for you but uh <laughs> the telltale heart is the story of a man driven mad with guilt over his recent murder of his housemate and it's also a story in which a person has to um uh dis- basically dismember yes that's the word i'm looking for i was just like how do i make this a euphemism without saying what's in my head has to dismember a person in order to try to get rid of the remains which is something that joe has too much experience with he was just so on the ball with malcolm Mm -hmm. that it was frightening i mean i i think we talked about it in the the premiere pod is just like such a a well connected neuropathway for him yes. kind of just like oh i see a dead body okay this is what we do next this is what we do next this is what we do next and he was able to you know dismember malcolm in more ways than one um in that situation and mm-hmm. so you know the the in telltale heart like the man there is the murder but he like the main character is continuously hearing this heartbeat which is like the guilt of the murder so do we feel like joe is feeling guilty <laughs> do we feel yeah. like he's gotten to that point yet i don't i don't know i don't think he feels a thing from malcolm i don't think uh, he feels like but do you think he feels guilty for killing love i don't know if he no. feels guilt or if he just feels like he has to reform and redeem himself for marianne yes and i think that it's that. different things i think that it's that and and the fact that it's still marianne that's on his mind after (laughs) everything where like she was like i will cut you and i love you yeah it's just like (laughs) i love you so much let me take your necklace yeah um instead of killing you i still would like to see the receipts on whether or not he murdered marion or if that i we gotta keep watching yeah i guess we gotta keep watching i guess um (laughs) i know oh darn my job is to watch tv uh joe constantly watching kate through the window could be a reference to the hitchcock classic rear window a a movie that is close to my heart i was not a big fan of fred and the way that he used to treat women Mm -hmm. (laughs) um but Mm -hmm. love the cinematography and the suspense of his movies yep rear window was adapted from cornell woolrich's short story it had to be married a very um <laughs> what's the space from uh from traitors did you watch traitors no murder <laughs> anyway continue uh about a... <laughs> uh about a bedridden man who becomes obsessed with the lives of his neighbors as seen through his window i mean do we think that 
he has become obsessed with people through windows yes do mm-hmm. i know if he has become obsessed is this an obsession with kate have we re- reached obsession level with him i'm not sure he's trying very hard to not do all of the things that he would typically do while watching a woman through a window yeah. um but you know uh he is still doing those things still looking still looking and she is uh, the blinds that's true some questionable things happen with those blinds open <laughs> Um, and then that you know she closes the blinds once and then she opens the blinds again mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so she knows that he's watching she's caught him watching this is why i have theories on kate i will just tell you since going into the you verse uh the second it is dark outside i am closing my blinds <laughs> <laughs> like oh yeah Ba-da-ba-ba. for for us living in chicago that's just half a year yeah. with closed blinds it's Pretty always much. dark we oh. got three days of sunlight and they were glorious and now they're gone forever uh, yeah, at least yeah. For now. we have two seasons winter and construction mm-hmm. um so another work by poe edgar allen american poet that is explored in joe's class is the man in the crowd mm-hmm. about a people watching man in a cafe who suddenly becomes obsessed with a passerby and proceeds to follow him all over London. Would you like a plot summary of this? Oh, sure. Thank you. According to Wikipedia, Uh which is a real asset, uh, (laughs) the story is not sponsored, but we'd love to. (laughs) (laughs) Give us that sweet, sweet Wikipedia money? (laughs) Question mark. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) They they survive via donations. Um, The story is introduced with the epigraph of, nope, I yep. cannot speak French. I can read C'est it a grand... little bit. This is gonna like uh yeah, read it. C'est grand manière de les porteurs pour pour vieux estressol. I'm gonna go with yes. That's I don't French really with know. a Spanish yeah. accent. <laughs> uh, a quote taken. C'est grand manière de les pauvres estressol. Sure. I tried to do it again, so it didn't sound exactly the same. Uh, a quote taken from the characters of Man by Jean de la Boyer. Sure. That was all right. Yeah. It translates to the great misfortune of not being able to be alone. This is the same quotation as used in Poe's earliest tell, Metzgerstein. Yeah. Can we just stop for a minute? Like, this is like <laughs> the great misfortune of not being able to be alone. Like, this is Joe, right? Like this yeah. Joe could not be alone. No, he and he's a relationship guy. <laughs> like his, the misfortune that becomes upon Joe if we're going to put Joe in a victim box for a vote is like sure. The, the misfortune of Joe is that it turns him into a serial killer. Yeah, like I mean, Joe started stalking women when he was like eight. Yeah. Yeah, but it, it, I mean, he has always been searching for companionship for, to mm-hmm. be understood, to be seen. Um, I just thought when, when I saw this, it was like, whoa, the great misfortune of of being alone. Yeah, that's that's a, a that's a Joe, a Joe's that's quote. That's a Joe. For, yeah, for yeah, sure. For sure. So after an unnamed illness, the unnamed narrator sits in an unnamed coffee shop in London. I wonder if there were any names. (laughs) He was fascinated by the crowd outside the window. He considers how isolated people think they are, despite the very denseness of the company around. Mm -hmm. He takes time to categorize the different people he sees. Racist. Follows an old man around the city. (laughs) This chase 
last through the evening and into the next day, finally exhausted, the narrator stands in front of the man who still does not notice him. The narrator concludes that the man is the type of genius, as the type and a genius of deep crime due to his inscrutability and inability to leave the crowds of London. Wow. I want to read this story now. <laughs> it's like, it's a lot, right? Yeah. Um, I think, you know, I can definitely, especially after uh, a year, like uh, 2020, being fascinated by crowds and feeling isolated while you're in a crowd. Yeah. Um, and even before then is something that can be relatable. Uh, the very denseness of company around, that's, that's, a good phrase uh right yeah. there um but I, I am interested you know i would be interested to read it to find out like how is it connecting to crime is it just the observational nature where where are we getting with this this is interesting because this is the story where uh nadia yes. in class said it was about love yes yeah, Which, so when they have a conversation about... Yeah, right before they find out about Malcolm's death. Mm-hmm. Um, I just think that this is really... It's eerie and interesting at the same time. Because there have been stories about um, actors who have gotten roles similar to JJ's and who have like thought to themselves, how easy... I'm thinking specifically of Michael C. Hall from Dexter. Mm-hmm. Like, how easy would it be to stalk someone? Mm-hmm. And so he did, IRL. Mm-hmm. He just followed this person around the streets of New York, and they never noticed that he had been there for hours yeah. just stalking. Because people do really get lost in a crowd very easily. And if you're not, you know, the CIA... <laughs> Or an Avenger, you're not looking for someone on your six. You know what I mean? Like you're not necessarily or Ellie, Ali. right? Exactly. Yeah, from Last of Us. But yeah, um, <laughs> I just didn't want to like drop that. If you're not watching Last of Us, you wouldn't have got that. Um, but yeah, I mean, I've gotten lost in a crowd. I can get lost in a crowd it, it, from an identity feeling, but I can also get lost in a crowd of like I'm just gonna go wherever the crowd goes you know like yeah. I don't, I'm walking in the city and then oh how did I end up this far down the lake or how did I end up exactly, you know, yeah. over here and so I think um, it, that if we apply that to you know getting lost in the crowd that can also be interesting from Joe's perspective does he feel like he's watching people being swept up in the flow of life mm-hmm. is it you know like I don't know I'm I am really reaching for some things here but no, it's, it's part of the fun. It is part of the fun. And it's, it's honestly what we're here for, <laughs> you know? Um, so this story is also the beginnings of Poe's detective stories. Mm-hmm. Walter Benjamin writes that the man of the crowd is something like an X-ray of a detective story. It does away with all the drapery that a crime represents. Only the armature remains the pursuer, the crowd, and an unknown man who manages to walk through London in such a way that he always remains in the middle of a crowd. In agreeing with Benjamin William Bravda uh, contributes uh, that Poe splits the human psyche into pursuer and pursued, self and other, ego and id, detective and criminal, past and future. Poe also Mm -hmm. echoes Sophocles, in the theme of the guilty knowledge that humans run from and simultaneously toward. In a nightmare, Poe dreams for us. 
the ordinary person, the man in the street is the heart of a criminal. I thought this was interesting because of the whole post splits the human psyche into the pursuer and the pursued yeah. uh, is that, you know, we've talked about whether Reese and Joe are the same person. If yeah. they are, then you could definitely prescribe the pursuer to one half of this identity and the pursued to the other half of this identity. Um, I, I really think that the man in the crowd is a like very well lived in part of whatever research they did for this show because mm-hmm. there, I can see a lot, lot of parallels just in this short plot summary and analysis from Wikipedia yeah. I can see a lot of similarities you know even when you're they're saying um, it does away with the draper, the drapery of a of a crime like we're we're not seeing the murders we're not seeing mm-hmm. a lot of things we're just seeing you know that these things happen and, and the aftermath of them so um, yeah it might be worth a read I think it is get more more into it before part two comes yeah. out. I'll be doing my supplemental reading to prepare <laughs> for the second part of this show. <laughs> Putting together our reading lists. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, Agatha Christie mm-hmm. is mentioned the most in the first part of the season from Encyclopedia Britannica. I used to own some of you. Now you're on the internet. <laughs> Look at us. I was an Encarta girl. <laughs> <laughs> Of course you were. <laughs> My CD-ROMs. Yeah. I had those too, actually. Yeah. Um, I Just anything that involved learning, I was like, ooh, I'm a nerd. Yeah, I loved World Book at the library, but then I had yes. a at home. <sighs> yeah. Remember those days? Yeah. Of when the- I had to really know the alphabet? Yes. <laughs> we actually had to learn the Dewey Decimal System, yeah. people. We could find you a book, not on the internet, but in a library. And a card catalog. Uh-huh. We could do that. Yeah, Get some microfiche going. <laughs> now you're speaking my language. <laughs> All right. So from our beloved Encyclopedia Britannica, Agatha Christie wrote some 75 novels, including 66 detective novels and 14 short story collections. Christie is perhaps the world's most famous mystery writer and is one of the best-selling novelists of all time. Mm. Her works are reportedly outsold uh only by Shakespeare and the Bible. Yeah. So it goes Shakespeare, the Bible, or the Bible, Shakespeare. I'm pretty sure it's the Bible, yeah. Shakespeare, and then Agatha Christie. Yeah, that's wild. <laughs> I would love to be related to Agatha Christie. I need some of that sweet, sweet trust fund money. Well, <laughs> if you're out there and you're listening, let us know. Is it the life we think it is? Yeah. Or are you just like... <laughs> upset you'll like, never live up to it. I'm like, never reading another mystery story. I, know, I can't write. I hate the knives out. I can't even read. <laughs> the worst part is I never learned to read. <laughs> um, Joe checked out The Body in the Library, mm-hmm. Murder at the Vicarage. Yeah, I think those are, you know, two. I don't, I don't know if they're the, her most famous, but if you know anything about the stories, maybe you can learn some more about what's going on in the season. Yeah. Nadia's breakdown of the rules yeah. of Agatha Christie will re- we'll say again because they're important and I think are going to be driving forces for the second part of this season. First, there are no coincidences. Mm-mm. Next, all motives boil down to sex, money, or revenge. Yeah. Or revenge, as I like to call it. I think that's the best we can do. Yeah. yeah. I was looking yeah. at it and I was like, I don't know what else we could do there. <laughs> 
the first suspect is usually the second victim, which in this case was true because uh, Joe was looking at the artist, uh, formerly known as Simon. Simon. Yes, I was just there. The artist, formerly known as Simon. Uh, <laughs> just based on the way that he ate. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Joe is a great detective. <laughs> I know some guys that are clearly psychopaths then. Uh, um, or it's all about why the victim was murdered if it's a frame job. Mm-hmm. And finally, how is what makes the story cool yeah like how the murders happen yeah how the murders happen is what makes the story cool because the what is boring yeah so i think we're in the what stage (laughs) we got the what the what What? boring part covered yeah (laughs) revealing the how should be interesting yeah i would like to know how please explain to me Mm -hmm. um the scene where rolled rolled why did they do this to us? Do they know they did this? Like, do, I think they, they like, did it on purpose. We're going to have to make everybody say the word rolled. 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 Rolled, rolled gold. <laughs> oh, yeah. Rolled. Yeah. Rolled doll. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Rolled doll. I guess it's a real name. <laughs> I guess. I guess. Allegedly. Or I'm is it just sorry, a collection rolled. of letters? Rolls of the world. I apologize. <laughs> I don't know. My name is Latanya. So. <laughs> it's true. My mother named me that because she thought it sounded like, wait for it, my dad's name, which is Tyrone. <laughs> I'm just going to so say, so my close. epidurals are a hell of a drug. <laughs> Demerol in the 80s, people. Uh, that's how you got me. Um, so anyway, um, Rold and yep. Joe mm-hmm. are hunting in the forest. Uh, the scene where they're hunting in the forest refers to one of the most Famous short stories ever written, never read. Uh, I don't, yeah, (laughs) like I didn't read it, uh, but I know of it so well. The Most Dangerous Game by Richard Connell. Uh, the story is about sadistic aristocrats hunting fellow humans rather than animals, and also gets at the central theme of season four, which is all about bloodshed over class divide. Eat the rich, yeah. Eat and the I rich think, killer. uh the most dangerous game has been adapted a number of times it was yeah. like a famous play so it's definitely i mean it's famous i just it was I just a, a mini series with uh liam hemsworth oh uh oh. it was on it was I can on buy uh, flowers liam i can buy myself flowers i know me too um <laughs> it was it was just um they moved it to amazon because it started off on quibi is that oh, the, I remember the, the thing that like mm-hmm. yeah that we can't remember hardly mm-hmm. because that's how long it was around. <laughs> COVID ruined Quibi, Quibi, uh, and now you can just find it anywhere. But it's actually a pretty good like it. They made it a movie. Um, it's actually pretty good, but it's based on the most dangerous game as well. Oh, interesting. Yeah, um, books in Instagram post by the sh- uh, by the show before the season. Yeah, I think there was like a like a director's chair with a bunch of books in it on Ooh. Instagram before the season started. Got it. Oliver Twist by Charles Dickens. Mm-hmm. Great Expectations by Charles Dickens. <laughs> Pick another author. Wait for it. Bleak House by Charles Dickens. Remember the Dickens Festival in season yeah. one, everyone? Yeah. Are we getting anywhere with this? Is this the purpose? Like, are, is Beck alive? What's happening? What's like, happening? what is supposed to be? Or is this to like just set the scene in one Dr. Nikki. It's a lot of Dickens, you know? <laughs> a lot. 
Uh, it's, I know that Joe is supposed to be the poor waif that everyone just threw away, but like so much Dickens. All right. Finally, we're moving on from uh, good old Charlie Dickens uh, to the adventures of Sherlock Holmes by Sir Arthur Conan Doyle. Mm-hmm. Uh, Vanity Fair by William McPeace Thackeray. Do you think that person's in English? Like English? A little bit. I've yeah. seen the movie and the uh, miniseries. I have not read the book. Um, and finally, A Good Man in a Cruel World by Reese Montrose, who is not real. <laughs> they had the book, though. They had the book on the chair. <laughs> Hilarious. Uh, it, it's a book that love can be seen reading in the trailer for this part two. In so. the cage. Yep. The cage. Um, <laughs> it's just interesting because it's possible that Reese is a real person, but just has nothing to do with it. Yeah. Yeah. It's like. <laughs> It's interesting that like this book was thrown in with all of these other books. Um, again, I think we've talked about how like Joe could have written this book. So again, the parallels between the two of and them. And who gave him the book? Uh, Nadia. Uh huh. <laughs> next pot. Next pot. <laughs> um, but uh, you know. But mommy, I want it now. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Also English by <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Um. Anywho, but these the the Dickens of it all is like he's always talking about class consciousness and like the difference between uh, the rich and the poor and things like that. So I think those set up well. Sherlock Holmes is telling us it's going to be a mystery. Vanity Fair is also having to do with the aristocracy. So they kind of tried to give us some clues before it all started. Um. I don't know if these are books. I I, I wouldn't say that these are books that Joe wouldn't have read before mm. season four exactly i don't know yeah. if he would have all had them at the same time right and then during malcolm's funeral reese who may or may not exist <laughs> uh quotes joan didion who uh we first see in season two after mm-hmm. love gives joe the book when we mourn our losses we also mourn for better or for worse ourselves um joan didion like noted american uh feminist author but also uh, known for her essay, The White Album, which mm-hmm. was out of her, uh, a piece out of her 1979 collection about Los Angeles, specifically to do with the Manson family murders. She was like there for the trial and everything. Another murder connection. Mm-hmm. So. That's why I know Joan Diddy, and I'm not going <laughs> to lie. Like, it's really terrible. It's like, I, I, <laughs> I think back to why. I joined the sorority that I joined in college and then realized that Kai Omega was the sorority that was attacked by Ted Bundy in the 70s. Join us next time for Latani's Therapy Hour. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's a completely different podcast. Uh, well, we got a lot more action and coverage coming up for you all about you because we cannot get enough of this show. We cannot. It's so fascinating. I really enjoyed the like literary walkthrough because there it just reminds me that even though the show may have, uh, like part one may have been like boring, mm-hmm. there's still so much depth to there it. There is, yeah. And um, you know, if I if I read all of this stuff, what would I get out of it? You know, um, kudos to the researchers that work on the stuff because yeah. they they did their job. People be thinking. That's all I'll say. <laughs> they do. People be thinking. Um, So like I said earlier in the podcast, but I will repeat it. uh, We have a predictions for part two, including a death draft coming up for you, which I'm excited about. Uh, We'll have some more theories for you. 
we'll uh-huh. have uh, um, who we think is going to uh, bite the bullet or get cut in the, uh, you know, cut from the scene in the last part of season four. And then, of course, part two begins March 9th, and we'll be back to do uh, the premiere. Mm-hmm. And then we'll do a completely spoiler-filled episode about the entirety of season four, part two, and another feedback show. Yeah, I think at that point we can we can give our true take on the season, having seen yeah. all of it. I will probably have to rewatch from the beginning too. I know, I, darn. <laughs> <laughs> Spending more time with Penn. So much time with Penn. Um, in the pen, maybe by the end of season four. <laughs> Who knows? Um, all right, so. Marissa, yes, this was wonderful. Oh, is yes, there any? Thank you. I really enjoyed. This. I enjoyed it as well. Thank you so much for for hosting such a great podcast. Oh, thank you for making everything possible and being you a great podcaster. Oh, well, thank you. Do you have anything else that you would like to talk I... about during this feedback show? Uh, no, I think in terms of like you, we covered it all uh, mm-hmm. so far as much as we can. I think I'm looking forward to to part two. Um, but outside of you, I'm talking about some other things. Okay. Well, we can talk about that now. Okay. <laughs> I didn't know if that's right. Sure. <laughs> I'm also talking about uh, the Dear Edward show on Apple TV Plus with Jason Reed, where we're talking about grief. There's that like death, but no murder so far yet yeah, in that so far. show. I don't expect any to show up there, but um, still some death and some grief going on. A lot of grief. And um, I was most recently on the PSRPG show where we played a Dungeons and Dragons adventure in the world of Willow. I really enjoyed that time. It was really, really fun. Uh, All the episodes are posted for that adventure. So feel free to check that out. And if I'm doing anything else, which I will be, because as we mentioned in this podcast, it's a very (laughs) busy (laughs) Lousy March weather. If you are interested to see what I'll be up to in March, which is only a few weeks away of less than a No, it's like a full it's week. Like away. days away. Right? Yeah. You can I find don't me know. on Twitter. What is time? <laughs> time is soup. Oh. You can find me on Twitter at MarsBars, M E R Z B R S. So that's soup. what I'm up to. What are you up to? Um, I am talking. Mm-hmm. About this. Uh-huh. Uh, I'm also talking with Josh Wiggler on the versus podcast about the last of us and Ooh. station 11, Ooh. which honestly, I think the two episodes were so similar this week. It's very eerie how they've matched up. Yeah. It's, it's a, it freaks me out a little bit. <laughs> it's a little, little weird. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm doing that. Um, me and Mari and Chappelle, <sighs> the, we got y'all crew are back together everybody i can finally announce this i'm so excited because we are going to be talking about the final season season six of snowfall which as we record this podcast will be airing later today and then will be released on hulu on february 23rd um there's already a preview podcast that mari and Chappelle did that should have dropped in our insecure feed it dropped in our atlanta feed it dropped in the post-show recaps feed Yeah, we are uh, getting our own feed, which will have more information Aww. for you all up. But we're getting our own. We got y'all feed that's got new branding, and I'm so excited about it. Aww. And I'm really excited for what we're going to be bringing to you all with Snowfall and another show that is 
near and dear to our hearts. If you liked Atlanta, then you'll probably be tuning in for this show. So I'm excited about that. We are bringing back my sweet, dear baby Grogu <laughs> because March 1st brings with it the Mandalorian. <laughs> I get Pedro. to do some coverage. I get to do some more coverage of the Pedro Pascal Cinematic Universe. <laughs> I'm so excited about that. Um, what else do we have going on? Oh, we've got another round of verses coming at you. I cannot tell you exactly what the shows are yet that we're doing, but I will say there will be a collective gasp around the Discord and around PSR when you find it out. And what else am I doing? I was just on the Post Show Recaps Theater podcast dropping all the PSRT, talking about Titanic. Is Did your heart 20- go on? sometimes (laughs) sometimes it doesn't I'll never let go except when I do immediately Um, uh, we talked about Titanic and it's 25th year re-release somehow in 3D I don't know wait you talked about it in 3D like you had a 3D 3D. conversation yeah wow I know that's Uh, like you can listen to our 3D conversation In the post show recaps theater feed, but also in the post show recaps feed. And I think that might be it. That's probably enough, right? It's a good roundup. I honestly, from having like feeling like I had nothing to do in podcasting, being like, oh no, (laughs) now I'm terrified. (laughs) Uh, You can follow me in all my terror on Twitter at LK Starks, where I'm talking about all of these shows and so much, much more basically just thirsting over jonathan majors at this point honestly i mean who isn't it's yeah. like jonathan majors tiktok and i got pedro pascal tiktok uh-huh and got, and pen got pen TikTok. TikTok. yeah i think i need to get on tiktok uh it's gonna happen make your own choices i will <laughs> um and then you can choose to follow me on instagram at stormborn 1222 because i need more followers people i like them and you <laughs> and i would like more of them all right that's the most <laughs> honest honest call from followers i've ever heard it's true that's pretty good thank you <laughs> please give me the opportunity to make money and i will thank you with more podcasts there you go all right seems like a good deal i think so okay um did you know that post show recaps has a patreon they do we've got a patreon and we want your help and your support for our work <laughs> Okay, we have to make a compilation of Latanya songs. <laughs> but yes, that was they great. will sell exactly five <laughs> copies, and they will all be bought by my mother. Uh, <laughs> signing up makes it possible for us to bring you these podcasts each week. So if you're a fan of me, if you're a fan of Marissa, and you want more coverage of shows like you, I know I do, then please consider signing up at any level. And when you do, you can get some very special patron perks including our lively discussion channel on our patron discord where you can leave us comments and then we'll read them. We do podcasts and feedback. We did. There are tons of people happy to discuss your likes and dislikes on our patron discord. So just go to patreon.com forward slash post show recaps, support PSR and its podcasters. And don't forget you can check us out at our own feed we're at postshowrecaps.com forward slash you podcast. So plug that into your podcatcher of choice. Give us the five-star ratings and the glowing reviews that we deserve. We want those ratings. Give us those ratings. 
You don't make her put on the baseball cap. Don't make me put on my baseball cap. <laughs> <laughs> don't make me get my dismembering gloves. Oh boy. Um. Anyway, <laughs> please <laughs> send us feedback. Get in touch with us. We would love to hear from you. Yeah. So, for now, goodbye, you. Judy was boring. Hello. Then, Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now, Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chumpacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chumpacasino.com welcome to the family no purchase necessary vgw group void where prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply